Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Jeremy Werner of the IlliniInquirer.com. And Jeremy, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. Two opponents that seem pretty uh, similar on paper and just kind of talented teams that uh, maybe haven't lived up to high expectations, but still kind of dangerous uh, if they're able to advance. Well, well, let's start right there, Jeremy, because we know here in Arkansas about the high expectations that they had. Uh, there was a top-10 team and picked, finished second in the SEC, and it didn't exactly go according to plan. Some injuries had to deal with that, but also some other factors. But for Illinois, what was the expectation heading into this season for the Illini, and also uh, what has caused them to maybe fall short of those expectations as the season's gone on? Yeah, Illinois, um, you know, Bill Self, former Illinois coach, the early 2000s guys, um, with Von Kruger, Bill Self, Bruce Weber, Illinois was really the top program in the Big Ten. Like They were winning more Big Ten championships at that point than Michigan State and Tom Izzo. Uh, but it gradually went downhill. But uh, Brad Underwood has resurrected the program in the last three years, uh, last four years now. Illinois has won more games in the Big Ten than any team uh, in the conference. So they, they've been a proud program. Uh, they've, they've won a ton of regular season games. They haven't had a lot of NCAA tournament success. Uh, so when they lost Kofi Coburn, they lost a lot of players from last year that were kind of key cogs of, of that revival. Brad Underwood went heavy in the transfer portal. And just like Arkansas had one of the best transfer classes in the country, led by Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer out of the Big 12. Uh, and then he lands one of the top recruiting classes in the country as well, a top 10 recruiting class with three top 50 prospects. Uh, so you knew there would be some ups and downs with this team, but there was the expectation that they could compete for another Big Ten championship, be in the mix for that towards the end of the season, uh, and potentially um, still be a top four, top five seed in the NCAA tournament. We've seen glimpses of a team that is capable of doing that. In November, they, they beat UCLA out in Vegas and almost beat Virginia as well, which would have been were two top ten teams at the time. Uh, and then they beat Texas uh, at Madison Square Garden in New York in early December. And you're thinking, oh, this team, maybe this is the one. Because of its talent, because of its length and athleticism, maybe they can advance farther than everybody, anybody. Uh, and they had a pretty good January, but since February, guys, they've been a very mediocre team. They've had no quad one wins since that win over Texas. Uh, and, and they've just kind of been really no rhythm offensively. They've been good defensively at times, but not here recently. Uh, it's just kind of a team that has lacked cohesion and, and some of its flaws of, you know, it's a team that shoots a lot of three-pointers, even though it doesn't make a lot of them. Um, it, it's a team that doesn't really have a, a great lead guard. They've, they've had a couple guys um, get injured late in the year here. Jay Depp being one of them, talented freshman guard. They also had one of their really talented freshman guards, Sky Clark, lead the program in January and uh, he just done the transfer portal as well. So uh, just a few things that, you know, some of their holes that, that kind of showed up here recently, and they just never kind of found consistency uh, at any point in the season. So uh, they have flashes where they look great, usually in the second half, uh, and they have flashes where they look like they don't belong in the NCAA tournament. Usually it's with a, a lot of slow starts, but they bury themselves in huge holes um, and have to play a week to kind of get out of it. Sometimes they have other times to have. Penn State is another team that is in the NCAA tournament, and Illinois has matched up against them a number of times this year. How do you explain those matchups and the way that they went? Is it that Penn State may be a bad matchup for this Illinois team? They lost to them three times now. 
you know, that's not a slight or anything because of the fact that Penn State is a tournament team also. But there's a team that they lost to in conference that they know well three times this year. Yeah, Penn State's obviously a terrible matchup. Jalen Pickett, big body guard, really takes advantage of them. And Penn State hits a lot of threes. Um, and then they just spread Illinois out a lot. But one thing about Penn State is they're really structured. Uh, they, they run really well-structured offense in the half court. Illinois does not. Um, Illinois is more of a transition team. They're at their best when they can push the ball in transition. But otherwise, they're really kind of turned into uh, an ISO. Sorry about that. Uh, but they, they've turned into an isolation team here where Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shannon kind of do their own thing. Uh, they kind of try to run a spread offense. It's given them a little bit more structure, but they haven't run it very well. The, the shot selection hasn't been there. Um, Illinois is talented. They have length. They have athleticism. They have some versatility. They have some low post options, but they kind of shoot themselves in the foot sometimes with their shot selection. Like Matthew Meyer, you watch him go in isolation, guys. And sometimes he can make these step back NBA three pointers that that carry Illinois and really give them really make them difficult to guard. But when they're not going down, um, Illinois can can really get, I guess, stuck in the mud offensively, and they just don't have a lot of shooting. Um, so. When you don't have a lead card, you don't have a lot of shooting, you're really dependent on Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon, and Dane Danger to kind of do one-on-one work. And uh, it's usually not the most uh, efficient offense. So, um, yeah, Penn State, an older team, uh, really. The older teams have kind of gotten to them. And the other thing about Illinois, just kind of like Arkansas, it's a team with a bunch of new newcomers, right? And um, that leads to a little bit of variance because they haven't played a lot together. I know that we're late in the season here, but – uh, they got some youth on their team, and sometimes at this time of year, youth kind of shows up. So looking also at the matchup itself against Arkansas, you know, they've been an up-and-down team, and they have uh, some really good guards, but uh, because of some inconsistency, and especially down low, it hasn't really always been there in general. But just looking at the specific matchup, how do you feel like Illinois matches up against Arkansas? Do you feel like it's something that should be a favorable thing for Illinois? Is it pretty up in the air as far as could go either way? Just – what do you think of uh, the overall uh, guard play as well as the big man play for, for Arkansas and the Illini? Yeah, I mean, obviously Arkansas has ridiculous talent. I mean, Nick Smith Jr. and, and Anthony Black are projected top 10 draft picks. So that's a concern for Illinois. They, they've struggled at times to, to stop lead guards from, from getting to the rim. But Illinois does defend the two really, really well. Like, uh, so that's what I'm interested to see. I mean, these are two really good shot-blocking teams, two long and athletic teams the teams that don't shoot the three very well and can be uh, prone to turnovers. So I think it's kind of looking at a mirror in some ways, but I do think Terrence Shannon could be an issue for Arkansas. When Terrence Shannon is aggressive uh, and assertive, he's really difficult to stop. He's six foot six, 220 pounds. He gets downhill in a hurry, attack the rim, get to the free throw line. Uh, and he, he can make threes. He hasn't done it as efficiently this year as a primary playmaker. He's also actually, I think, an underrated passer, so he can create for teammates as well. He's what they're looking for at the NBA, probably in a 3 and D role at that level, but he's been a lot better off the bounce this year, but he can be prone to turnovers. And Matthew Meyer, I think, is a really difficult matchup for them because he's 6'9", he's really long, really athletic, uh, and he can, he can go off. He gets hot, guys. He can really carry over what he is against Texas. He's done some other games at Indiana when Illinois out there in Shannon. So those guys on one-on-one matchups can be very difficult. And Dane Danger is a 6'9", 270-pound post, uh, post player. 
going to be the, the most physically uh, imposing player on the court. I believe that Mitchell's are really good shot blockers, but Danger is pretty crafty uh, in, in getting to the bucket. He's not playing his best basketball going into the NCAA tournament, but he does give Illinois uh, a world post threat that I think they can take advantage of. Uh, but one thing about Illinois is that their freshman guards are, are undersized. Peter Harris is a good defender, long and athletic. But he's about 165 pounds, soaking wet. And then Jaden Epps, who missed a couple games with a, a concussion here recently. He's about six foot, 180 pounds. So Arkansas does have a length advantage. Uh, you know, if those guys are playing and they're guarding, you know, some of Arkansas's best players. So that'll be interesting. I also think Illinois can take advantage of. You know, Arkansas is a great shot blocking team, but they seem to kind of gang up and try and block shots. So if Illinois can get on the. Uh, Offensive glass, defensive glass, I think they can have an advantage there because they're pretty long and pretty physical. You mentioned that Illinois has had some issues at point guard. So do they have a primary ball handler, or is it something they do more by committee? They've been doing it more by committee here recently, uh, especially with Jaden Epps and his concussion. He's kind of been lumping a little bit even before he had the concussion. He kind of turned into their, their primary guard. But he is more of a scoring guard than, than an actual point guard, uh, more of a bucket getter than, than I would say a distributor. Terrence Shannon's handled a little bit of point guard duties. That's been up and down. He, he does do well once he gets downhill. But if you pressure him, he will turn the ball over. That happened a few times against Purdue and really helped uh, Purdue build a huge lead that Illinois had to really battle back to give him a chance to, to win at the end of the game. But one guy who actually – handles the ball a lot is Coleman Hawkins, uh, who's their six foot ten, two hundred and twenty five pound forward, uh, really skilled with the ball in his hands, he's a really good passer. Um, so he, he will run offense. They will run offense through him to the top of the key. He ran point guard a little bit against Purdue. Uh, so he'll play small ball five and, and play stretch four, but uh, he'll he'll play at, at the top of the key for them. Sir Harris, a freshman guard, not a great ball handler, not a passer, but he'll he'll play some guard as well. And then uh, another forward, Ty Rogers, he's a big body guy, but he can really create, really dribble. Uh, he'll handle some of that guard as well. So, yeah, they'll, they'll kind of spread it out, uh, and that's what they kind of have to do without you know, a veteran point guard and improving point guard on the team. Speaking with Jeremy Werner of the IlliniEnquirer.com here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, so, Jeremy, I know, I know you've broken it down, and we talked a little bit about matchups, but – uh, just looking at it from the Arkansas perspective, if they were to beat Illinois, has there just been one way to beat Illinois? Is it just like, hey, if you do this one thing, you'll take care of business? Or is it multiple things that they're going to have to do if they want to be able to advance against Illinois? Well, Arkansas pressure Illinois early and pressure them often. Uh, again, we're talking about the lack of a lead guard. But uh, Illinois also just does not come out with a lot of intensity in these games. And from what I hear, Arkansas gets big leads early that gives them up late. Well, Illinois gives up big leads early and then plays great late to kind of uh, negate all of that and make it a game at the end. Sometimes they win, a lot of times they don't. But uh, So that's why I find this match- matchup kind of fascinating. Uh, Illinois certainly wants to start better, but I think Arkansas, if they take advantage of that early. Um, and and I, I think if Arkansas gets foul trouble, uh, some of Illinois' best players get get foul trouble on Terrence Chan and get foul trouble on Coleman Hawkins. Illinois just does not have a lot of depth uh, at this point, especially you know to be able to count on after some of their key playmakers, uh, key scorers go out of the game. So 
Um, those would be two things I would say is take advantage of Illinois. If they don't start off well again, uh, and really kind of step on their throats. But for me, if I'm Arkansas and Eric Musselman, I'm probably pressuring Illinois guard over their full court, make them, make them uncomfortable and, and try to – if Illinois does defend well in the half court pretty well, so if you can get some easy buckets and transition off their, their sloppy um, you know, ball handling, I think Arkansas can really take advantage of that. Obviously, their length and athleticism and how well they play in transition. How's the fan support been for home games this year? And we're talking about Illinois playing in Des Moines, which it's a fairly easy trip to make and reasonable. So would you expect that a lot of fans are going to show up for the game based on what the support has been like for this team this year? Yeah, I think the secondary market for tickets in Des Moines are probably going to be as high as anywhere because you've got one seed Kansas making a short trip. You have a huge fan base in Illinois, and they, they are a fervent basketball school here, guys. So uh, Illinois fans, they're not very happy with this team. I don't think they love this team all that much because they're tantalizing and really frustrating. Uh, but they will show up and support their team. And i got to tell you, too, uh, last year when I went to Arkansas for their went to Kansas City, for that tournament in November that uh, Arkansas played in, I was blown away with Arkansas fan support. So I know Arkansas is uh, going to be all in. Arkansas fans remind me of Nebraska fans that support every sport, and they, they seem to show out for everything. So with Arkansas, Illinois, and Kansas in the same pot, I would imagine Des Moines uh, is going to be pretty packed with those three fan bases. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see um, who draws more fans, Illinois or Arkansas involved. But, yeah, it's about a four, five, six-hour drive for Illinois fans. Uh, and they certainly do show up for their team. So I, I think we're going to have a pretty rowdy atmosphere in Des Moines on uh, Thursday. You know, you mentioned Illinois and, and just the passion that they have and the fan base that they have, too. And uh, with Brad Underwood, is everybody still feeling really great about him and, and moving forward, think he's the guy? And also, uh, just kind of what's the overall program expectation at Illinois? Because they've had some really good years. You mentioned Bill Self when he was there. Uh, had some really solid seasons there, too. Just what's the overall vibe of Brad Underwood as well as the expectations that they have as a program? Yeah, it's an interesting time because I feel like now Brad Underwood, who, you know, has had great success, um, but he's now kind of a victim of his own success in that he's raised expectation. Now the expectation, because, guys, two years ago, Illinois had a number one seat. They had won 16 of 17 games going to the NCAA tournament. Everyone was picking them for the Final Four. It's one of the greatest teams in Illinois history, yet they lost in the second round to Loyola Chicago, an in-state team from, at that time, the horizon, right? That is still weighing on this program, still weighing on this fan base, because the next year, Illinois wins a Big Ten championship, but then they were kind of banged up, got the, a terrible draw of getting Houston as a five-seed, even though Houston was a top-five team in the Ken Palm ratings at the time. So they've had all this success, yet nothing to show for it in March Madness. So they would kill for a must-bus run to the Elite Eight, right? So there, there's that pressure that's kind of hanging over the team. Listen, there's some fans that, that aren't fans of Brad Underwood because of that. They're not fans because this team has maybe gone under expectations a little bit. But he's a heck of a coach. He's got a, he's got a huge contract, huge buy. Like, he has led them to great success. Uh, he has led them to great recruiting as well. So Brad Underwood should have ridiculous job security here in what he's done. But the one thing he doesn't have yet is NCAA tournament success at Illinois. And while I think Big Ten championships matter, you know, tournament championships matter, the NCAA tournament is what people care about most. Um, so if they can get to a second weekend, I think everyone will see this season as a success, even if it was a roller coaster ride. 
Uh, but if they lose in the first round, I think fans are going to be pretty disappointed and that maybe you didn't take advantage of uh, the talent on this year's roster. It's difficult as an eight or a nine seed to kind of think about a team making a run, and that's where yep. these two teams are because most likely you're going to face a one seed in the second round. But do you feel like this team is capable of putting a run together? I have no faith in this Illinois team that they can make a run, but I do think they are capable of it. Um, not many teams can say, guys, they beat two top ten teams in the country. Uh, even last week, Illinois had a 24-point deficit against a number one seed, Purdue, at Purdue, and they tied the game with a minute to go. Like, not many teams are capable of that. That is what Illinois is capable of in first. They just have no consistency. They're, again, like you watch an Illinois game, and for one half, they can look like a Final Four team. The other half, they look like a bottom three Big Ten team. Like, so that's just the roller coaster ride that we have been on this season. It's, it's why you just, if you can't be consistent, if you can't, they struggle to start games and they struggle to close games. It's kind of hard to have faith that they will do that. But I don't think you can count out like that Illinois or Arkansas, I think, for that matter. It's kind of a scary matchup for, for Kansas in the second round because they, they both have NBA talent. Illinois has got a couple guys that are potential second-round picks. Arkansas has got a couple guys that are potential lottery picks. So um, I, I don't think Kansas feels great about those guys being the 8-9 seed, but there's reasons they're the 8-9 seed because, one, they're in good league and, and took some losses, and, two, they're just really inconsistent. Well, before we let you get out of here, man, I, I got this question for you. You think Brett Bielman will make the trip? Will he be in attendance for Arkansas and Illinois? Because that might be quite awkward for some people. I, I think Brett Bielman will probably be on vacation, from what I understand, the entire Illinois staff spring break. Um, you know, and you guys know probably covering Arkansas football so close. Like, you know, staff doesn't get many opportunities to go on vacation anymore with the transfer portal, with, with everything that happened. So, I think he'll be on the beach somewhere watching, uh, rooting for Illinois. But, yeah, guys, he's been a pretty good coach uh, at Illinois. I'm sure most people don't know anything about Illinois football, but they've been bad for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And he's brought some competency to his home state program. Uh, he's a pretty good coach. I know he's up and down there, there at Arkansas. But I think Illinois is kind of getting the best version of him. So I don't know how Arkansas fans feel about that. But I, I think he learned a lot through that experience. I think he's matured a little bit. Uh, but he's still, still Brett Bielma. Uh, he's still got some swagger to him. Uh, and he's still, I think, a pretty good coach that a lot of people in the coaching industry respect. He's uh, put together a, a nice staff here and, and, and made Illinois uh, relevant again in the Big Ten, which is a pretty big accomplishment for two years. Well, Jeremy, we really appreciate you joining us, man, talking to us a little bit about Illinois. Enjoy the trip and enjoy the coverage of Illinois there in Des Moines in the NCAA tournament. And uh, good luck the rest of the way, man. We'll catch up with you later down the road. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the tournament.